Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info and odds. This is G. Hey Wiley from the Arash Marakazi Show telling you find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start to the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports sporting wagering needs, including live betting which is dangerous, but my favorite, and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. Bet online, guys, where the game starts. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello, what a beautiful Monday, and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined, as always, by producers G. Hay Wiley and Armani Buckets. How are we doing on this glorious Monday? This is awesome. I love this Monday. This Monday is great because the Lakers are out, Clippers are still in. I've got some bragging rights here. I know I don't have any championships. I know I don't have any rings, so let's stop with that argument there. But I'm in the bestest of moods, uh, considering my Dukies lost a while ago. I know I'm bringing that up in a to, it I was, was a while, say. yeah, but the, it still hits deep. It still hits deep. I think I still have people being like, "Oh my gosh, are you still okay?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> so, yeah. uh, still hits deep. But moving forward, I, this is amazing. I love this. This whole sports weekend was great for me. So, very happy. The NBA playoffs are about to start, and that's honestly out of all the sporting events. I know March Madness, the hype around it, but this is my personal favorite time of the year, so I cannot wait. No, it's it's going to be amazing, and you're right, Jihei, the Lakers season is done, but before we completely forget about the Lakers, we do have to get into some headlines, so let's get to today's headlines, brought to you by Circus Sports. Mere seconds, Arash and Armand, after the Lakers came back to beat the Denver Nuggets 146-141 to 141 in overtime to close out their season with back-to-back wins without their star players. ESPN reported Frank Vogel would be fired today. Shocker. <laughs> uh, the decision to fire Vogel is no surprise, as has been expected for months. But what are your thoughts on the handling of the situation after leading the Lakers to a championship 18 months ago? Vogel found out, by the way, he'd been fired via Twitter. <laughs> yeah, listen, no surprise. Obviously, he knew that he would be shown the door. I'm sure there, there was conversations during the course of the season in terms of, listen, just play it out. Um, I didn't like the timing of it. And, and a lot of these things are done for a reason. I think the Lakers did this because they had to let the press know that today the players address the media and all the players and the coaches address the media well one coach is not going to address the media and that's frank vogel because he was going to get fired so the timing of it was was really bad and it was just a really uncomfortable press conference to watch because vogel you know should have been talking about the great game of these young players and by the way i mean these were basically g league games but the lakers actually for the first time that i saw all year these last two games these last two wins while the star players were not playing 
played with some heart. They played with some passion. It was fun to see. So, uh, you know, Vogel was deprived of talking about that. Uh, you know, I, once once the game was done, the first question was, uh, it's been reported that you were going to get fired uh, tomorrow and you will find out about it tomorrow, which is just weird. So it's uncomfortable. The Lakers, generally speaking, historically have not always handled their coaches in the best manner. So this goes right along with that. I was really, really appalled by the way that it was handled initially. After the dust settled and I woke up this morning, I thought about it and Woj was the only one that really said anything about it. So again, we saw what happened this weekend with Adam Schefter, unfortunately reporting the Dwayne Haskins news. These reporters are so engulfed in being first that maybe the Lakers organization didn't actually leak anything to him and Woj and the Lakers they don't really seem to get along from years prior so I don't know like as much as I was ready to just go in on the Lakers organization for handling it poorly maybe Woj just kind of just said you know what I know he's going to get fired anyway so I'm going to report it I don't know if that would be something he would do but I don't know regardless it's a bad look I mean, the Lakers haven't had the best track record as far as, you know, firings, hirings, et cetera. Um, So this doesn't really entirely shock me. And you know what? No offense, but Twitter's our new news handle, right? It's our new way of getting the news. So I don't think that people should be shocked that you you find out that you're fired via Twitter. I think that it would be shocked if you get hired via Twitter and that's how you find out. But It is amazing because during the trade deadline, you'll often see players in the locker room refreshing Twitter, seeing what Shams is tweeting, seeing what Woj is tweeting. So it's, again, to your point, GK, not a shocker that people find out whether they've been fired, traded via social media or via Twitter. Well, Bill... Sorry, I'm going to butcher this last name. No, Bill, Bill Orem. Orem. Yeah. Bill Orem of The Athletic, who has covered the Lakers for the past decade, wrote this morning, the Lakers should be embarrassed. Touche, Bill, they should. But Rob Polinka should be admonished, and potential candidates should be paying attention. Quinn Schneider, Nick Nurse, Doc Rivers, who among them would sign up for what Vogel just went through? Do you agree with him? And who should be the next Lakers coach, guys? Listen, uh, Bill's been covering the team, like you mentioned, GA, for the past 10 years. Uh, he's been traveling with the team. It's really cool to talk to a beat reporter because they know what it's like, what these players are like, what the coaches are what the coaches are like and Bill just sat down with Frank Vogel for a one-on-one prior to their game in Phoenix and so I think he has a really good handle on the way Frank Vogel was treated. Vogel took this job because it was the best chance he had. Again, when the Lakers were looking for a coach following the firing of Luke Walton, was it Luke? Yeah, it was Luke. they wanted Monty Williams, lowballed him. He went to Phoenix. They went to Ty Lue. Not only lowballed him, but said, we are going to pick your assistant coaches. He didn't turn that down to become a head coach. He turned that down to be an assistant coach. That's how bad that job was. And for, so Frank Vogel took the job and they picked the assistant coaches for him. He had an assistant coaching staff that he had never worked with before. Lionel Hollis never worked with him. Jason Kidd never worked with him. It worked out. But the Lakers cannot do that. If they want Nick Nurse, as it's being reported, Nick Nurse just won a championship. Nick Nurse is a coach of the year. Like, they need to 
pay these coaches and allow them to do their jobs. Yeah, but Frank Vogel also just won a championship as well. So like, I, I'm, well, not, I'm not. No, I'm just saying how you. he took the job, like the oh, way okay. he took the job. So, and by the way, at the end of the day, but you're right, GK. At the end of the day, they should have treated him with the respect of a coach who just won a championship. And listen, he knew he was going to get fired. I mean, so that's not the shocking thing. The shocking thing is that, again, someone leaked it to Woj. And I think generally speaking with these newsbreakers, they tell them, listen, you could tweet it out once the game is over. And I'm telling you, literally seconds after that game was over, that tweet comes out. Yeah, I mean... I don't know what needs to happen to the Lakers, like I keep saying, but the Lakers need a change. Like, yeah. maybe... Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is. They just, they just need a change. And I'm not, I'm not a savant. This is above my pay grade, so this is obviously why I'm not a GM or an owner or any of that. Um, I don't know if anybody would want to sign up for this. I think you'd have to be literally crazy to want to sign well, up for this. Well, but here's the thing. So, Puckett, so the, 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 the draw is LeBron James... And Anthony Davis, you look at what they did in 2020, that's the core. Forget about the number three guy, because the number three guy when they won the championship was Kyle Kuzma. But I think the the, the, the draw is you could be that Frank Vogel type. The draw for Nick Nurse, he's already won a championship. For Quinn Snyder, though, I mean, that's a legit chance for you to come here with two when they're healthy, two of the top five, ten, ten players in the league, and win a championship. The situation in Utah is also going south, so yeah. Quinn Snyder definitely makes sense. It's just the opposite, though, of what the Clippers organization has been. The Clippers are, you know, keep it to themselves, don't let anything leak outside the organization, and the Lakers are obviously not doing that. They're doing the polar opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's also the reason why... The Clippers are in the playoffs, and no offense, the Lakers are a dumpster fire. Anyways, moving on, the flip side, the Clippers have won five straight and six of seven, speaking of, and close out the season with their biggest blowout win of the season. I mean, granted, it's against Oklahoma City, but sure. still a blowout, guys. It's 50, though. <laughs> that is a 50-burger of a blowout. Yeah, it's a lot. 138, like you said, Araj, 50 points, 288 dismantling uh, the, the Thunder. The Clippers got Paul George and Norman Powell back before the end of the season and could get Kawhi Leonard back in the postseason. How dangerous is this Clippers team, guys? Extremely dangerous. I mean, because this is... No, so the key is Kawhi. I, I think with Paul George, with Norman Powell, they beat Minnesota. They're the number seven seed, I think. So they go up against Memphis. Memphis is very good, but they're not world beaters. This is the first time in that spot for them. Would not be shocked. And if the Clippers win that series, or even if they push it to six or seven games, Kawhi could be right around the corner. Kawhi's comeback will be even more of a surprise than Paul George. This team does such a good job of keeping things totally secret that it would not shock me. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he played game one of the first round, but I think the longer the Clippers can extend their uh, stay in the postseason, and certainly if they can beat Memphis, and I really like Memphis, but again, just just think about the, this conversation we were having a year ago. I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies, now being one of the championship favorites, is incredible. If Kawhi's back, if Paul George is healthy, Norman Powell, I mean, this is a team that I thought could have won a championship a year ago. Who cares about the seeding? They are in a position that if if they continue to play the way that they have, wouldn't shock me if they go on a long run right now. Even 
rega- uh, disregarding the Kawhi yeah. situation, when you have the best player in the series, I think that you really have a great shot to win the series. Yeah. And if you match the Clippers up against Memphis or Phoenix, out of Paul George, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, John Morant, I'm going to take Paul George. Yeah. And it might not be by a lot, but I think that he can hit a ceiling that those other guys just can't quite get to. And maybe I'll regret saying that because they're all sensational <laughs> players. But the Clippers, it wouldn't shock me, even without Kawhi, if they beat Memphis. That's not to disrespect Memphis. It's more to give the Clippers props with Paul George and Norman Powell back. This team is loaded with depth and with star power. They're only missing Kawhi yeah. for, for a championship. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, the, the fact that Memphis has, you know, the... The lack of experience is definitely a, a coup, I think, for them, right? Um, and then on top of it, if you do get Kawhi back, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, well, guys, we just watched the Lakers go from championship favorites uh, to missing the playoffs entirely. Are you all at all concerned about the Dodgers starting the season at 1-2 and two after a 9-4 loss to Colorado yesterday? Yes, it is early, but pitching and defense has been an issue already, and that was the Dodgers' first season opening series loss since 2013. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, not concerned yet. Again, only three games into the season, but they are one and two. They've lost two straight. The pitching did not look good. Julio Urias needs to be a number two, st- number two starter for this team. And one of the things that we have talked about uh, when we've had when we've had Michael Duarte on is the Trevor Bauer situation, and he is un- he is of the belief that at some point this season Trevor Bauer will come back. Um, now, I don't think that, but the interesting thing for the Dodgers is if 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 pitching continues to be a problem, Urias can't pitch like a number two starter. Do they begin to say, hey, listen, our hands are tied. Trevor Bauer has been cleared. We're going to bring him back. Because you got to remember, Trevor Bauer is a Cy Young winner. And if you can add a player like that to your roster, do you do that? But I'm not concerned yet. This is a very talented team, the most talented team in baseball. But not a good start to the season for them. Uh, Again, 9-4 to the Rockies. We'll see how they do. Uh, now that they are coming back home at the end of uh, the week. But no, no no concern right now. Yeah, no, I don't have a major concern. The only concern I've always had with the Dodgers is their bullpen, is their pitching. Yeah. Um, you know, d- defense will eventually come because you guys are still trying to get your groove. You're still trying to figure stuff out. Um, on the Trevor Bauer situation, would you want him back? I wouldn't. No, no, no. And, and But so I guess they would have to cut him. And are they on the hook for the money? And at that point, public... You know, but the, the, I guess, and this is all very complicated, but the Deshaun Watson thing, I think, is fascinating, where on one hand, you have this massive trade, biggest contract in league history. He's had, what, 22 accusers or something like that. Tre- Trevor Bauer's situation, I don't think, it's been cleared legally. Now it's up to Major League Baseball, their investigation, the team's investigation, and if he is, he's never going to win the court of public opinion, but if he's been cleared or if he serves a suspension or whatnot, like at that point, like, could he come back? I personally wouldn't want him on the team. It's so interesting, though. I mean, yeah. he is, I mean, in terms of pitchers who could help you on the field, just on the field, he can certainly help. No, I agree with you. On the field, he's he's a young winner, like oh, yeah. you said. I mean, you know, you can't get any higher than that. Um, and that's the reason why they picked him. 
to oh, come sure. uh, to be on the team. It paid him paid him out. But I personally just would be like, I don't want the drama. No, Save yeah. it for your mama. I, like I'm done. And the like, key there, I think, will be his teammates and the team. You know, how does the team feel about it? And he will not come back if if, if the team is united and saying we don't want this guy. He will not be back. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to go back into a no. uh, into the clubhouse being like, okay, I'm the odd man out. I'm definitely on my own, right? Yeah. So, but Major League uh, Commissioner, speaking of guys out on an island, uh, <laughs> Mr. Rob Manfred uh, gifted Major League players uh, Bose headphones on opening day as a peace offering after <laughs> a bitter 99-day lockout that delayed the start of the season. What would you think of the gift if you were a player showing up to your locker on opening day? Listen, it's a gift, right? But at the end of the day, because of Rob Manfred and his... Uh, he's he's not a very good commissioner. But anyways, it's a 99-day lockout and you give me Bose headphones. I mean, I'm sure all these players... Either have headphones that they like, could afford Bose headphones. You know, or they're at, sponsored at, by Bose. At some <laughs> point, you have to wonder: like, is it even worth giving a gift if it's going to come off looking poorly? And I think this one comes off looking poorly. It's like, I, dude, just just go back to your office in New York and pretend like you're doing something because you're not doing anything. These players don't respect Rob Manfred. If you're a Dodgers fan, you're still upset about his handling of the whole Houston's. I mean. The Dodgers don't want that 2017 World Series, but they darn sure don't, don't want Houston celebrating the fact that they cheated. It's a joke. The Bose headphones are a joke. It's a gift, but it's like, dude, just just move on. Like, we had a 100-day lockout. Let's just move on. Yeah, no, there was that was so unnecessary. Like, what's it going to do? Nah. What, you know, at the end of the day, what's it going to do? I'm not going to lie to you. If, because they're baseball players, because they're ball players, just professional athletes in general, that's like a slap in the face to me. Like giving a gift like that, like give that to charity. Yeah, you know, like yeah. give it, give it to kids that like actually might need need those headphones, or you know the money that you spent on that. Give it to a charity or something, and be like in the name of Major League Baseball for the lockout or something like that. That would have been a better gift than you doing this to them. Yeah. You know, this means something to them. I this sounds horrible, but I would do what um, Erica Girardi just did to. Um, one of her castmates, I'd throw it in the trash. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Wait, I think you would take your own advice and give it to a Ma charity yeah. or a fan or something. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's brand new Bose headphones. I just think it's ridiculous for the commissioner to give a gift like that. It's like literally just, just move on. Like, I, I don't want to hear from you, commissioner. You're a do-nothing commissioner. You're not helping us with our job. What would you do, Armani? You show I, up. I would be so confused. I would be looking at it like, "Whoa, what is this for?" Like, it makes no logical sense to think that that would be a good idea. And then, not only that, I wonder if there was like some sort of note that was attached to it, I like, "Hey guys, I'm sorry." Like, I'm sorry. Because because that that just clears the whole entire yeah. 99 day lockout, yeah. right? Um, wow, the Kings were in the hunt. Um, for the Pacific Division two weeks ago, but they've since lost three straight and five of seven games and are just um, holding on to a playoff spot with the Vegas Golden Knights on their heels with eight games left in the season. Can the Kings make the playoffs and how far can they go? Listen, I, I think that they will just barely make the playoffs. Vegas is right on their heels. You're exactly right, G. I mean, it, it wouldn't shock me also if the Kings don't make the playoffs. I think that they will make the playoffs, but the way that they're closing out the season is concerning to me because I think before, I mean, if you had talked to me two weeks ago, I would have said, hey, this team can, can go on a run. If they can get some good goaltending, this could be, you know, 
2012 and 2014 were so magical in the sense that they kind of got in late as a late seed and went all the way to win the cup. I didn't think this team was going to win the cup, but um, you know, very, very concerning, obviously, when you lose um, three straight, five of seven. So, you know, not finishing up the season strong. There is enough time for them to finish strong, but um, yeah, a very concerning turn of events for our Los Angeles Kings, GA, because it's always fun when the Kings are winning in the playoffs. So I just want them to make the playoffs so we could go to a game and see Kayla do her thing. Because Kayla, <laughs> yeah, who joins us every Wednesday, she's never actually worked a Kings playoff game. And I said, Staples Center, Crypto.com Arena, no matter what you want to call it, it is never louder than during a Kings playoff game. Yeah, I mean, back when the Lakers were winning, I would... Back to d- disagree with you on that one. But, yes, there is nothing better than the Kings win. And, and this is the best, as Charles Barkley put it, I think he said that this is the best kind of environment. This is the best environment for a playoff, yeah. right? Is just playoff hockey is you can't compare it to anything else. Exactly. It is phenomenal. So, um, as far as how they're going to do, I mean, they're young still. So, like, at least their future is bright, I want to say, considering, like, where they were before. Yeah. Right? Um these next four games, uh, two two have two of these are dump, dumps. Like yeah. you're playing the Ducks, so you, <laughs> those should be. That sounds so mean to Dan. I'm so sorry about that, guys. But yeah, will they, you be going to one of those games? Yet? I would love to go to one I of those games. Actually, I would love to. Go, I actually would love to go to the Tuesday game on, on the 19th. That would be 19th, fun because it's in Honda Center. Out. Yeah, That's it's right. in Honda Center, so that'd be fun to go to. And I told you about their wine cellar that they have. That's at the why Honda I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the best wine cellar of like any arena, any. Stadium I've ever been to. It is really incredible. But yeah, listen, Kings, Ducks, we got to figure out a way to make that happen. And hopefully the, uh, but by the way, 1090 was the home of the uh, Ducks this uh, weekend. Okay, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will hear from LeBron James during his exit interview right here on the Mighty Year 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown when the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Again, this has been the most disappointing Lakers season of all time, and it wrapped up today with the Lakers addressing the media. It all began with LeBron James and the famous exit interview. Now, when the Lakers win, these uh, usually take place in June, and when they don't, they take place in April. And so LeBron James, uh, for the final time this season, addressing the media. So let's go to LeBron James right now. Okay. LeBron, you're yourself in being able to play whatever position is needed to play, whatever needs to be done in the court. Just wondered over the last couple of years what you've observed about roster and going into next season, you know, how this year contrasts with the previous two and if you started to have those kind of thoughts yet. I mean, it's human nature of doing all the math. We start thinking about the roster and what it could look like and, and how we could um, obviously have a roster that brings in more wins. I mean, that's the, that's the most important thing. That's the job that we in. So um, I'm sorry to think about it a little bit, but, you know, it's not, you know, 
know, solely on me, obviously. Um, but we definitely want to be better. We want to be better coming in next year, and that's the most important thing for the And just to follow up position-wise, you, know, you played so much center this year. Uh, you played point guard. Like, it is, just for you, is there a, is there a optimal there? Or is it, is it being able to go back and forth in different positions depending on who's on the roster? Uh, it doesn't matter. Me personally, you know, my, my uh, personal um, goal is to be able to, to play any position on the floor. You know, and uh, every game is different. You know, matchups is different at times. So to be able to have the availability to our team that I could switch off and play center for minutes or play point guard for minutes or play the wing spot uh, for minutes you know, according to what the game dictates or needs, um, you know, that, that's for me to uh, to make sure that I'm equipped um, in the best possible shape I can be in to uh, help us in the volumes. Okay. LeBron, in February, you told us uh, you, know, you see yourself being with this franchise and you're here and this summer you're going to be able, uh, eligible for a contract extension. Um, do you intend to extend with the Lakers this summer? Uh, and what what are the, the determining factors that will go into that decision making process? Uh, well, the conversation uh, hasn't been talked about, or technically, because of the collective bargaining agreement, cannot even be discussed until later on in the year. So, um, you know, I, I know it's out there, but we can't even, myself and Rich can't even begin to talk with Rob or the front office at all because of uh, the collective bargaining agreement. So, when we get to that point, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, LeBron, what did you envision the, um, what, what, what did you expect from the Russ partnership that did not materialize, um, obviously inclusive of health, but then also, do you feel like that is something that you guys can do again? Like, can, can you, Russ and LeBron, be, be the centerpiece of this team next year and be a championship contender? Um, I don't put any expectations on anything. I mean, it's all about coming in, putting in the work, and um, and you go from there. I mean, um, you know, one thing about Russ that I love and you know, always love is, you know, just his competitive spirit, what he brings to the game every single night. And you're in a profession where so many injuries happen and so many things go on. And to have a guy that's reliable and can put on a uniform every single night, um, that's something I respect um, out of you know, out of everything. And, and um, here and make decisions for the front office and things of that nature, but you know, I love being a teammate with Russ, and you know, that's just the way it is. Hi. Brian, I know there's nothing official, but obviously there's a music being important that uh, practice and I can um, You know, what comes to mind about your tenure here with Frank? I mean, the, champ- the highs of the championship, obviously, the, the, the lows of this year. What comes to mind when you think about that that face. Uh, well, I don't want to speak about you know, what's been talked about and things of that nature. But, um, never get involved in those things. But uh, I respect uh, Frank as a coach, um, you know, as a man. You know, part, you know, partnership that we've had over a few years here has been nothing but uh, um, just candid, great conversations. And uh, this guy who gives everything to the game. Uh, you know, with Frank and being 
optimization for four years, and it's been a pretty wide spectrum of results. You guys have won a title, um, this playoffs twice. Um, how, do you, how do you sort of view this section of the career in, in, in that way um, when you kind of consider it as a Ben, what you hoped? And I guess secondarily, what is your confidence in the organization that a foot can be put in the ground and, and a pivot can be made to, yeah. to fix it? Fix? Well, I came here to win a championship.
Eddie knows, and, and if you need anything, and vice versa, that we just one call away, one text away, we're facing away. I can pull up on him, he can pull up on me without even notice. So, yeah. Mark? Hey, LeBron, how do you characterize uh, what you hope and plan to have in terms of the collaboration with the front office with determining where we go from here? Well, I mean, um, I think the front office is going to do whatever it takes to help this ball club become a better ball club from top to bottom. Ask me my opinion, I give my opinion, but at the end of the day, they're going to make the, um, the decision that they feel is best for, for the franchise. Um, and it's my job to make sure I'm ready um, at the start of the training camp and, and ready to lead the franchise and lead the team and put on the floor, wherever that may be. So um, that is my focus. My focus is on Get rid of some of these injuries. Um, you know, time deals also. Wait for these injuries to go down, and, and then um, be ready in September. Um, and excuse me, we're training camp starts again, and it's my job to uh, lead the, the group of guys that the front office will decide that will be part of this franchise. Well, Yovan, Dylan, and LeBron. We've seen each season how you kind of add or, or tweak something with your game. Or is there anything you've identified coming off of this season that you really want to focus in or kind of work on this offseason? Yeah, I want to get to the free throw line. So I want to figure out how to trick the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I want to figure it out. <laughs> I need to figure it out. I see too many stats about points in the paint, things of that nature, and I'm up there in the top leaderboard field goals in the restricted area and things of that nature. I'm in mean, like the bottom tier of free throws per game, so I'll figure it out. <laughs> 19 years, man. Listen, <laughs> awesome, man, I'm going to figure it out. I used to be up there now. I used to be up there pre-Miami. Pre-Miami, I was in the little board of free throw attempts, and I think when I went there, I you know, hell with you. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> When a season unfolds the way it does, it's kind of wondering how personally you take teams like the failure and kind of reflect on the season. How responsible do you feel for what happened, if at all? Yeah, I mean, it's not failure at all. I mean, we came to work every single day, put our hard hats on, and we try to get better every day. And the result just didn't, didn't happen for us. So, but it's not a failure. It's not like, um, you know, we came together as a, as a team. We wanted to be as crazy as we can be. We just didn't accomplish a lot of the things that we we would have hoped, but um, you know, I, obviously, I take you, you follow me in any of my career. When we don't succeed, I take a lot of the responsibility. You know, and that's just that's just who I am, and so um, wish I could have been a lot better. You know, leading this franchise this year, I wish I could have been in uniform a lot more um, than I was. I think I gave you know, 56 games, I believe it was, and um, that wasn't enjoyable at all. You know, sitting on the sideline. Knowing that you can make a difference and not being able to do it, so hopefully I can be a lot better with that next week. Brad, where do you um, think this roster is most improved? Offense, defense, getting over? Um, all three. I think uh, you know all three facets. You talk about like football analogies, offense, defense, special teams. So we got to be. I think. Offensively, we showed the, the, the huge pickup after the All-Star break offensively, how we can be. But we also showed a, a huge drop-off in defense. So there has to be a, a median of like, okay, yes, we want to get on the score. 
You know, we want to be on attack mode. You want to push the pace. You want to push the tempo. But also, you can't be giving up 129, 130 points every damn game either and expect to win. It's just too many great basketball players and too many great teams. You got to be able to hold your, you know, hold your head on, on the defensive side. I mean, at some point, you know, look at the teams that's going to compete in the postseason this, summer, uh, this year. Right now, and <clears throat> the best teams are going to be, they're going to score, but they're going to defend. You know, look at Milwaukee, you don't see Miami, you don't see Phoenix, you know, um, Golden State, they're going to lock in defensively. And that's just to name a few. There's some other, you know, good defensive teams too. But, you know, and they're going to score too. But you got to be able to defend. You got to know, like, okay, last six minutes of the game, you know, seven minutes of the game, when it becomes like gut riching, you got to know the lineup that you can put out there that can do both. You know, and that was, you know, a big part of our, our problems this year. We couldn't finish games because we just had so many different closing lineups. It was just so many kind of moving parts that was very challenging for us, but I think all three, all three, offense, defense, getting younger, and it's definitely um, yeah, be good for our team. And you're the only one in the room that didn't get a question. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Brian, you're used to a certain level of uh, performance on the field, a certain expectation. How taxing was it on you, not only physically, but emotionally, going through the highs and lows? Yeah, I think more emotionally, and it was uh, taxing. I think uh, physically, I train myself throughout the summertime to be able to, to do and endure anything physically, um, you know. But I think uh, emotionally, just you know, it was uh, very taxing on, on, on me and, and the team and every individual playing in our locker room, coaching staff, and things of that nature. On just trying to figure out how, how, and why are we um, in this predicament or why are we in that position. Definitely went on the floor and, and tried to figure it out and tried to help each other and hold each other accountable. It just it seemed like every time we would take a, like a step forward, you know, we would take you know, three or four back. You know, we have a, a huge win at home versus a, a playoff, you know, contending team like Utah, and then go on the road and, and then you know lose the game to Houston, you know, or, or you know, or have a, a big win at home versus title contending team, you know, like Golden State and then hit the road and lose to Portland with no Dame, you know, CJ straight away, you know, and the you know, rest of those guys. So, you know, that that was the mental uh, the, the mental side, like playing with your psyche, like what the heck is going on? Like, how can we be so great one night and then the next night we just so mediocre? You know, is the, is the word. So, you know, that, that was the, that's the most challenging part of this season, for sure. Yeah, I got nine minutes left. The guy ain't going to give me a hand, so, yeah, I'll ask a couple questions. LeBron, you had an MRI on Friday. Yeah. What were the results of that? And then, you know, with the various injuries you had this summer, there was, this summer, the season, there was the ab, mm-hmm. the knee, mm-hmm. the ankles. Yeah. Is there anything that is going to require you know, extra, anything extra this summer? Well, I did, I got the MRI on my, on my ankle, um, like you said, um, on Friday, and uh, there's no surgery required, no injections, but I have to stay off of it for probably about four to six weeks to let it recover. Um, I mean, if, it's funny, if 
we were the team that I, 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 I hoped and wish we were. Um, I, I shouldn't play in that New Orleans game after the injury. Um, I kind of made it worse, but I wanted to see if we can make a late push. Um, but literally, it was like less than one week after the injury in New Orleans. So I kind of made it worse, but I'll make a full recovery in that. Um, and then I got some more, um, you know, doctor appointments lined up within the next couple of weeks to take a look at my knee, take a look at my groin, and uh, and go from there. So um, hopefully no no, no surgery, things that those things required, and um, I'll make a full recovery. We'll take Alan Sliwa on our Zoom. Hey, Bron, I'm just curious your thoughts from the uh... – you, AD, and Russ together, um, areas that you felt like there was potential and other areas that you thought, okay, this might not change or this will be a tough fit. Just curiosity, just as the season progressed, your thoughts on that? Um, well, I think uh, the areas where I saw that we could complement one another um, is Russ being, you know, the push guard that he is, being able to create tempo, me being the wing threat, getting on a run, and AD being a lob threat, I thought. Um, that we could be very successful in that, and also with our, our length um, and, and defensive problems, too. We could be really good. Um, All right, that was LeBron James talking to the media one last time this season before uh, he goes on an extended break, extended vacation, a lot of work that the Lakers have to do. Buckets, what did you think about what LeBron had to say? It was status quo. I, I didn't think there was too many pressing quotes to figure out what's going to happen next but it was interesting especially hearing what he said about russ and the situation with russ yeah. and how basically insinuating that it's the front office's decision <laughs> yeah, right. to figure out what they're going to do <laughs> i mean it's very clear that lebron has a, a lot of say so he even mentioned like looking how to put together the roster i mean there's no doubt that he clutch rich paul have a lot to do uh, GA, what stuck out to you? Uh, I mean, I guess the only thing that really stuck out to me is that it, he says it, um, there was a lot of inconsistencies and like his biggest inconsistency was like, you know, beating a good team on the road and then like coming back and, you know, be, not really competing against, you know, certain set teams or whatever. I'm like, and I think my, the first thing that popped in my head was like, isn't that your job as a captain to be like, no. bro, I'm frustrated. Like, come on guys, get on my level. You know, like that's what a leader does. That's what a captain does. Yes, that is the part, partly the coach's responsibility as well. But at the same time, you're supposed to fire up your troops too, man. Like uh -huh. that's what a leader does. So, and I would think he is a leader at the end of the day, no, 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 front no, no, no. office, in that locker room, whatever you want to call it. It's LeBron James's show and he should have just stepped up to the plate a little bit more. Um, but maybe that's just my expectation. He said it was not a failure. It, this was an absolute <laughs> failure. What are you talking about, LeBron? Yeah. Just because you put your, your um, hard hat on, you could show up to work. That's fine, but this season was a failure. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.